This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from March the 21st, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing? Well, I have something. Before we get into the show, I thought it was funny. I don't know. It made me chuckle. I was looking through this magazine. It was from the fall of 85, the Wrestler Annual. Because of Aaron's little pedo pro wrestling skit last week, it made me chuckle. Because one of the articles in this magazine is, Why Bob Sweetan is Wrestling's Most Hated Man. Really? <laughs> and I was like, kayfabe. <laughs> Dude. I, I I totally um I don't know if I still have that magazine, but um, I've no I, I know I've seen that I've seen that magazine before. I'm pretty sure I had it and um before I had the flood, but um I'm gonna have to you said it, what was it the wrestler? It was the wrestler annual from fall of nineteen eighty five. It's got uh road the road how how it feels to get beaten up by the road warriors, the the lead article. You know, the, oh the no shit. Who's a sweet hand? Oh, yeah, the kids felt. Oh, no, you're you're is this another well episode of Pedo Pro? Sweet hand, that just that just sounds wrong now, doesn't it? What's like I told Nate, I texted him or I messaged him, there was a new guy. Um, joining the roster of uh, Pedo Pro Wrestling, and um, he goes to the park all the time, and just consistently <coughs> just holds his man hostage, like like just jerking it all the time. And his <coughs> name is uh, Hexel Jim Tuggin. <laughs> oh, get out of here! That roster is starting to really get a uh, um, Royal Rumble ready. <laughs> Yeah, you can't stand up to him, tough guy. Good lord! Oh boy! But in this magazine, also in the top, in the official, <laughs> he's, an old, he's an old boy. Well, old why is Bob Sweetan the most hated wrestler? Do they really? Sh- sh- no, it's just I think I think he had turned heel, like he had been a baby face, and he turned heel in the Southwest yeah. area, I believe. Is that what he did? He turn heel on Embry because Embry Embry would have been his protege in um eighties. And like uh, at some point in '83, but I don't think that it carried over until '85, really. Unless maybe um, um, Embry turned babyface. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They continued it angle reverse. The pictures here in the article: Sweet Han, after being deprived the opportunity to wrestle for the Southwest title, has taken his frustrations out on his opponents and the fans. Bruiser Bob uses the ropes for leverage as he stomps <laughs> brown sh- as he stomps sweet brown sugar. Oh, Skip! Oh shit! He had his hands full with Skip Young then. Uh, now his knows his name is Skip Young. Good lord, yeah. Bob Sweetan never squ- skipped a young. And <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of pitched that one to you. It's softball. <laughs> uh, Skip Young. Wow, sweet brown sugar. Eighty-five. That was definitely. I mean, they, the golden era Southwest was already gone by that point and that had to have been just before the end right as southwest didn't they get absorbed by world class at some point i i pretty i know they i think it was more texas texas all-star 
because they okay. were running they were running Mickey's, and I think Mickey's was closer to that to San Antonio. But then basically, it all became um, something that Gary Hart had a lot to do with it. You know, you never knew who he was, Gary Hart was working for, but eventually, it all got tied into the Von Ericks. But yeah. you know, it was kind of like that whole that whole period of Texas wrestling when it was basically dead. You know, from what eighty eighty late 85 to like 89 well christ past 90 even <laughs> mm-hmm. you know when it became the uswa yeah that was some yeah. all-time all-time and low then, stuff there and then and then global in the early 90s i don't i don't even consider that that's just, that was an independent that made it on because <laughs> that was bad that was it was it wasn't even it wasn't even talking to anybody they asked you like, hey did you watch any global no just stop I watch everything. Gary Hart. I was going to say, sorry, Gary. Sorry, Gary Hart. At this point in Texas, you're not getting Ricky Flair on the on the card. It's not. No, happen. no, no. A Gilly. No, Rick, you might get that fat black Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, dude, <laughs> Gary, Gary Hart, Gary, man, Ricky Flair. Gary Hart <laughs> rode the coattails of Abby and, and Brody <laughs> everywhere he I booked. Just, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I just, I don't know. It was just some random promo where he's talking about, probably about Bruiser Brody facing um, Abdullah, but he just calls Abdullah a fat black, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! Did you guys watch that Ricky Flair documentary? I oh, did. Lord, wow, you didn't like it? It just it wasn't nothing new. It wasn't nothing new, but it was like it made me feel like. Like I felt bad for him with like the read stuff, but the other shit, I'm like, you're doing this to your shit to yourself, man. Oh, all right, so, all right. So you know, that's how I was getting to be like, I mean, maybe I really shouldn't start feeling sorry for the guy now. Yeah, I don't. I like after I watched it, it's like I don't feel bad for you anymore, Rick. It's like Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't want to say I'm the. Well, I'm definitely ain't the same way, but I'm the same. I'm the same way as. I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not a doctor's guy. I, you know, I like, I like my routine. And I, you know, I don't worry about shit like that. And I'm just, that's how Rick is. He doesn't even worry about it. Cause I like to go, if I could go out every night, every night I would, but I can't, but you know, and, and I'm also, I'm also not traveling in the middle of it too. Yeah. And, and I like to drink too and all that, but it's like, after I watched that documentary, I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know you can't feel, you can't feel sorry for that shit, but Hey, I've been, I've been at like two bars that he was in there doing all that stuff too. It was, it, it wasn't even like a matter of when, when he says like buy shots for everybody, it wasn't even a matter of somebody walking around counting heads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just like six people that were carrying out like these big, these big trays of like shots in them. Cause it wasn't like they weren't going, okay, well, Ric Flair's have, you know, he has 263 shots, you know, on him. It, it was like, okay, what's it going to cost for the night? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, what do you normally make on a Saturday night? Okay. Well, what do you, you got Ric Flair here, double that. And then the other thing I found after I watched that Ric Flair documentary is something that we could use for like, and then we'll get into the show, Nate. I know you said you got to go to bed. Uh, that's, that's all right because I'm I'm still I'm still harping on this magazine. So go ahead. But, but after I watched <laughs> that Ric Flair documentary, Peacock was like, "Are you interested in this?" And it is like a three part um, documentary of of Teddy Hart. Oh yeah, and it's called like Dangerous Cat, and it's like him and his cats, and he apparently killed a bitch. 
and it's this whole documentary about it. And I'm like, oh man, you ain't watched it. I, I I got like 30 minutes into it, and I was like, I gotta go to bed. But I'm like, <laughs> you guys, you guys, and you're going to bed. Is that is that you kind of like you're going to bed remedy instead of putting on the calm app? You just put on some random bullshit wrestling. Yeah, Jeff, like, Jeff Farmer. Yeah, like I started get, I got like a half an hour into it. I'm like, I'm gonna stop watching it because me, Nate, and Chad gotta watch this fucking Teddy Hart and fucking dissect it. Like, yeah, Ruckus is a friend of his, man. Dude I was had to walk- hang out with that dude a couple times. Dude was walking cats by like a leash out to his car and shit. <laughs> yeah, like- that shit. I mean, when whenever he was over Ruckus's house, he wasn't anything, nothing like. I don't know what the hell this was. Was this the gimmick? Was this this had to have been the gimmick, right? There's no way he believes all this stuff. There's no way, right? What it was he Danhausen? Jesus, uh, Teddy Housen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Harthausen. Harthausen. <laughs> so I'm, I know I'm still harping on this magazine, but Northwest Wrestling, you're not very knowledgeable about it, Chad. And I'm looking at the Northwest rankings in this magazine, and I have no idea. Number eight is Mega Maharishi. Oh, uh, it's the Mega Maharishi. Uh, dude, that, that was just, um, it was probably a guy from Canada. I bet you it was probably a guy from Western Canada. I mean, give me a couple other names on that on that card, and I'll see if you know if I can see pinpoint them with somebody. It's it's the rankings. Mike Miller, number tens. Yeah, Mike Miller's number one. Bobby Jagger's number two. Kendo Nagasaki, number three. Carl Steiner with a K. Carl Steiner, number four. Kurt Henning, five. Buddy Rose, six. Ricky Vaughn. Seven. Oh, that's funny. Mega Ma- Mega Maharishi is eight. Rip Oliver is nine, and Mister Ebony. I, I Mister Ebony. He's already the up same, there already. I was gonna say, is that the same Mister Ebony from World Class? <laughs> um, I don't. I probably. I don't know, man. It's a good chance because there's no there's no way that these results are actually kind of coinciding with you know dates, whatever. Like, you know, Skip Young could have made it up there. You know, because I he worked mm-hmm. there for a while, but it's just so weird. Whatever date that this is, that you mention names like Buddy Rose, you know, and then and then and Carl Steiner. Carl Steiner was a like he was a ham, and he he could have he could have won a ham bone award in every territory. Like I don't know how he got jobs. I if I had to if I had to guess, he got jobs just because he befriended people, or he probably knew a trade of some sort. You know what I mean? Because you always seem to get work in like these offshoot promotions. You know, he, he did work in Continental when when I was younger, and he was the guy that Dutch Mantel I think pulled his eye out because he had a he had a gimmick eye. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think Dutch Mantel pulled his pulled his eye out and showed it to everybody on TV. Well, Mister Mister Ebony worked in Mexico. Norma Smiley. Oh, that's Black Magic. Uh, it was uh, it was Senior Negro. Where's the really? I don't think it was. <laughs> he said Norman Smiley. I'm like, well, <laughs> not gonna say that. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I was like, I recognize most of these people except Mega Maharishi was because Ricky Ricky Vaughn is uh is the the Lance Von Eric. Yeah, yeah, the unwanted Von Eric. Yeah, yeah. We see, don't 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 shit on Ricky Vaughn because he, they call him the unwanted Von Eric. He was also the unsolicited Von Eric. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't go out soliciting to them to be a Von Eric. They came to him. So, well, yeah, why are you holding the grudge on him? 
What it's like? What do you want? You want to be a fucking ham bone all all your career, or or I'm offering you a, a deal where you can make a lot of money. All you gotta do is put on this chicken costume, Hector. They'll forget all about it <laughs> years from now. No, Z- we haven't forgotten. Gobbly Von Eric, Ricky Vaughn's the gobbly Von Eric. <laughs> I want. I, I don't. I, I want. Wonder why there wasn't a Chad Von Eric. Chad's a very Von Eric name, right? Chad Von Eric, Aaron Von Eric, (laughs) Aaron Von Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think I have a very Von Eric name, right, Chaz Von Eric? Yeah, it's a super super white boy name. She says, so I'd be big in the Pacific Northwest. Aaron Von Eric doesn't work. I don't own a gun. (laughs) No, (laughs) you haven't killed a bunch of people. Never killed a cat. You haven't mixed. You haven't mixed. I've never killed. You haven't. You haven't mixed pills with alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I have. But I I have both my feet. You have both your feet. I have both my feet. All right. Well, I mean, if 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 what we're going to review here in a second, my dad really did have a heart attack. Like, can't be a fun again. If what we're going to review here today is going to be OJ Free TV, (laughs) yes, it's the show. The episode of ECW, March 21st, 1995, it starts with a uh, graphic of O.J. Simpson, and it says, this is O.J. Free TV. So you get you get a, a snippet of what t- of time that we're talking about here, yeah. where O.J. was all, all over the news. You know when that verdict came in? I mean, I went to an inner city high school. They we- they wheeled they wheeled the, the TV on the cart into the into the classroom so we could watch the O.J. verdict. They did the same thing to me. And I'm they wheeled you in on the cart? No, they wheeled the TV in on the cart. They brought a TV. <laughs> and, and I'm five years younger than Nate, but I was sitting in like sixth grade and they fucking brought the TV in for the Damn, fucking- but they're, as, as, as young as you guys were, I may have been wheeled it in, in the cart somewhere. <laughs> when, Chad, when that happened. Chad brought the TV in and showed <laughs> It was and in my car. Watched it, and they were like, "Oh, OJ didn't do it." And everybody's like, "Yeah." Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember where. I don't remember where the verge was, but I was in ECW in the locker room when it, when the chase was going on. We watched that thing on like a seven inch TV. It was the great. It was. It was like well, I can't believe what's going on here. But if they only had some form of like be documenting it, of like who's all gathered around a monitor watching OJ. Oh, Johnny! Look at the well, they weren't though, Johnny. They weren't there because <laughs> their their gimmick is a work. They're not the public enemy. They're not really stealing TVs. I don't think they are. Right? Well, they're not anymore anyway. Well, Those the days intro, are over. At the, after the intro, Joey Styles is at ringside, and he introduces Ron Simmons, who uh, comes out healing on the crowd. Did we ever actually see on TV Ron turn heel? I know they showed <laughs> tension between him and Too Cold after a tag match or something, but I don't think they ever actually showed him turn. He's just I thought I thought they I thought they kind of shit on him when he was with Scorpio. Like not necessarily a heel turn. I don't think he was ever presented as a baby face. Except for what him against Shane? Right. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure that was a baby face. That was just the guy who wanted to be the champion. You know? I don't think that was a heel or baby face. So this was kind of like the first angle where they're they're giving him his identity, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. is that that sounds about you could right. Be, you could be right. Yeah, that's probably why it didn't register with me, just because I never, they never explicitly did a heel turn, and because because he was wrestling Shane, I guess I just assumed he was a babyface. But you probably right. 
I yeah, against against Shane in Philadelphia, pretty much everybody's baby. So yeah, it works out like that. I what I took from it was that I never saw him like do like a heel turn or whatever. But I think Paulie saw the crowd was kind of turning against him, so he just said, "Turn into it." You know what I mean? Like they're booing you, so just go with it. Well, I can I can totally tell you from being being there that Paul had. A, a couple of ways that he was going to do this. It was going to be the wait and see, you know, like what the crowd think. It had he had to have thought about that. Paul's not that stupid. He's a detailed guy. He connects the dots. If mm-hmm. he if he had in his mind that he's like Ron, I'm going to make you a baby face kind of thing, and they sent him right out there, right off the of WCW. He's a, he was the world champion like a year, like <laughs> like a year ago, or if not even a full year ago, kind of thing. He had to have thought that out, right? You know, yeah. to see how the crowd was going to do it, and 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 what the the crowd, the crowd, I guess they were they liked them at the beginning. It was like a big, it was kind of a big deal. I think I was even surprised. Yeah, he got the pop when he first came in. Was it a lights on, lights out, whatever, lights up, lights on? No, he came out. I think he came. He came out. I mean, he directly came out and just started challenging Shane. I remember that much. But okay. it was, I don't think his wasn't a lights out, lights on thing. It was just a, so he didn't I mean, even you know. need the surprise entrance gimmick. He was brought right. he was brought in as a star. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I can deal with that. And and, and that's that's kind of like there's still that's where there's to me in in this company there's still a little bit of the remnants of of it being an indie promotion, you know, because they bring in they're bringing in a bigger star from WCW, say. Ron Simmons or Tully Blanchard or whatever, and you don't know if it's going to be a long-term deal. Um, right. But the, the minute they come in, since they're the big star from outside the uh, the indie promotion, if you will, they're getting the world title shot. They don't have to beat anybody or, you know. Yeah. And it's and also, it, 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 sorry, it's also the fact that you're bringing this big star into this um, promotion that's running in this building and that crowd is like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to them, Shane's their guy in this moment, like Shane's their guy and they bring in Ron and they're like, yeah, fuck him. We, we don't want him. He's not, he's not our homegrown guy. So they, yeah, him. I mean, the, all the, every, all the scenarios, all, all, it all makes sense, you know? So that, that's mm-hmm. the best part about, about knowing that Paul had, Paul had to think about this. You know, this could have went terribly wrong. You know, what I mean, this really could have went terribly wrong. You know, if, why he would have called out Bagwell next. You know, if he had Bagwell waiting in the wings in case Ron Simmons got over or something. Oh, man. <laughs> Sam Houston. They <laughs> Damn. They would have slit Bagwell's throat in the fucking <laughs> Probably. Ricky Santana. <laughs> the Patriot. <laughs> well, yeah, Ricky Santana. He, they could have. They could have had Ricky Santana come out as a Patriot. They could have had a brawl. The chick had Ricky Santana, and the Patriot goes back to the back and comes back out as Ricky Santana. <laughs> they could have done, done that with Tom Brandy. <laughs> yeah, they're well, like, we'll we'll we'll, to, we'll tolerate we'll tolerate Ricky Santana or we'll tolerate Tito Santana, but Ricky Santana, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Buff, Buff Bagwell <laughs> showed up at the ECW arena. They would have fucking. Plus, at this, at this time, he was still American males bag. Yeah, but see, that's that's your there. That's weird as shit. Because uh, all them people that you would have thought never have gotten the got the pop at the ECW arena had got like the greatest pops ever. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you know, like, 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 I think Paul said it to us. If, if it wasn't Paul, it was Scotty. Like, you could just, like, pick, like, what we used to call, like, the gayest wrestler. You know, the in other words, it was the worst, just the worst character that's out mm-hmm. there, and you know. And, and he, if he's over, he was on WWE TV for a year. He was over. You know, you could have brought in Mantar. <laughs> at the ECW arena and turn the lights off and turn the lights on. It was Mantar. You would have got a pop. But but Paul did it right. He only brought in guys that he thought the crowd would totally appreciate. You know, he wasn't right. gonna he wasn't gonna use that that card, you know, um like to that extent where he would just bring in guys like, you know, the Jimmy Delt well, Jimmy Del already did work there. <laughs> what am I talking? Uh, but you know, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jimmy Del Rey is exactly the kind of guy that Paulie would think the crowd would appreciate. He's a great worker. He, you know, he got put with a shake and mimic. After the uh, Ron Simmons promo, and he pretty much tells Joey to, to get out of the ring and cuts a heel promo on the crowd. Um, he has a match with Hack Myers. Um, and Hack does his job in this match. He puts Simmons over well. Uh, he got offense, he, though, too. He got offense. Yes, he did. I actually have that. Hack gets some offense against Ron. And uh, Ron sells a little for him. We do get the crowd chanting "Piece of shit Simmons." I did pick that up. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna ask if you heard the if you heard the chant. The actual chant was "Piece of shit Ron Simmons." Piece of shit. I chant. um. I bet you. I can sit here and tell you exactly how that match, how Hack got as much offense in as he did in that match. I bet you I can tell you how that conversation it was hack wasn't stupid he knew he knew what the deal was he was doing a job you know right. like we all did and he, when he went to Ron and Ron probably had no idea who this guy was you know and he had no I, he didn't have any guidance cuz he knew it was like it was a TV or it was whether it was TV or it was the undercard of the arena show or whatever and I bet you hack impressed him like by talking to him about knowing, you know, what he could do and and, and, and trusted Ron. Because I've met Ron a bunch of times and he's, dude, he's the coolest dude ever. He's awesome. And like, he's a mean guy on the outside. But, you know, if he looks at you and he thinks you could do something, like Hack probably talked him into letting him get his spots in. And then right. at the end of the day, Ron's like, well, if I didn't, if I didn't make somebody, then I didn't beat anybody. So let Hack get his stuff in, and I, we were we were we don't think we were sitting in the back going, we're gonna watch fucking Ron Simmons just beat the shit out of Hack Myers, you know? We're, this hey Axel, come here, you gotta see this. <laughs> but no, he he took care of him, and it was cool. That was cool and to I'm, see, actually. We, you know, just even a basic squash match with Hack getting that offense was yeah, yeah. And like I said, Ron Ron kind of gave him the I'm shocked this guy's you know fighting back against me face, you know, and and. <laughs> Put him over, and and that was my kind kind of my question. There was was Hack because I know you you know you've talked about him a lot on the show. Chad was he one of those guys that was um, could he get something out of a guy like Ron Simmons because of he knew how to be political and respectful when they're talking about you know what I mean? Like I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just I don't think like, you do. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I <laughs> just the the star looking at him. Why is he the guy that Ron is willing to give? To? As opposed to well, he probably, else, you know. um, 
it could have been a couple of the reasons. It could it could have been Ron. It this could it could have been Ron looking for somebody. Okay, I want to beat somebody presentable. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go out there and give Paul Laurier or Chad Austin any offense. So you know, give me some give me somebody presentable, and um, it could have been Paul could have recommended Hack to begin with, and and then uh, you know, going over it, just talking to the guy. You you can talk to one of the boys and realize you know the guy's smart and knows what the fuck he's doing. Kind of thing, and who knows? Um, Hack may have met Ron, you know, doing squashes. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He did a couple of them way before he was Hack Meyer. Kind of, kind of thing. And I, I kind of got what Nate was asking. It was kind of like with Ron allowing Hack to get a little offense on him. Was it possibly like Hack going up to Ron, or Ron going up to Hack, and Ron going, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And Hack being like, "Whatever you want to do, man." You know, well, you're you're the veteran, so whatever you want to do, I'll fucking do it. The only thing that Hack did that I know that he called, and I I even wrote it down, was um when uh when um Hack was doing the jabs. That's his spot. That's the um that's the shot spot. Sha, sha, sha. Yeah. So that that was probably the only thing he was like, all right, you can you can squash me, but if you squash me, at least let me get the shot spot in because the crowd's gonna remember that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're at least right. going to know that I got my shit in, so you can do whatever you want after that. So yeah, that's that. That pretty much answers the question on that whole entire thing. You, you can go over, but I need to get over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I gotta stay here. Yeah, that's right. And, then, and that that's another reason because Ron's my, Ron's dates are limited, so you know, Hack's gonna be there every week. It's like my so, house. My house is in that parking lot. You're gonna fucking leave, man. I gotta. I gotta that's leave. right. Well, Simmons does win the match with the Seminole Slam, and then Ron Simmons calls out nine one one to the ring, um, and he he kind of manhandles nine one one to begin with, but does wind up eating a choke slam. That second choke slam, that second choke slam he took, he sold great. Yeah, I thought um, I love this because you can it, you it had uh, Ron Simmons' future like written all over it, you know. Because he got he got the he got to show that nine one one is vulnerable. He he could be he could be hurt, which I I, I thought the I think I didn't think the offense was all that great except for the slam kind of thing and whatever. But well, I mean, it didn't help. Did, it didn't it didn't help that they did it. They did Ron. They did the part with Ron manhandling nine one one outside the ring. So it's not like yeah. they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of room to work with. You know, between the ring and the guardrail. Rude. Um, so yeah, you didn't have a lot of talent. You didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to present it. Like, what is yeah. 911 going to do? You know what I mean? What, Ron, Ron will throw you if you want to get thrown. I don't think 911 wanted to get thrown. So, yeah, you're it, you're right. It, it was just, uh, you know, eh, whatever. So I didn't think it did. I, I didn't think it did great. No, I didn't think it did great things for um for 911. It is this it, this ain't the beginning, is it? It can't be because because nine one one's got to last another year. He lasts after. I still have several coming, don't I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So this ain't this this can't be. So this is just the show on nine one one is human. And that right? Ron's probably if you're looking up and down your roster, Ron's the best guy to do. Yeah, I got. You're totally right. Yeah, I I agree with you. But I I just wanted to make sure that that's what the whole entire thing was done for was to make nine one one look human. That's that's and that's what I caught. And you know, and they they let him get his heat back by getting two choke slams on Simmons afterwards, and then of course 
the proverbial choke slam on a referee, which one one's gimmick. You got to get your gimmick in. But overall, this was a, this was an effective segment. I thought it was good. Um, then we get Joey Who's Styles. The referee? Was it Pee Wee? Yes. Shocker. <laughs> Poor Pee Wee man. He, he he sat was he sat he sat in the in the in the little club, our, our little club our little choke slam clubhouse. In, in the back, like in the back row of the um, lower level of the ECW locker room where the, all the job guys know it's it. It was all 911 alumni sat there. But it wasn't the ones that were really over. It was just the, the ones that got, they got it repeatedly. Yeah, Ron Simmons isn't coming into your No. And, and, the, and the room that Ron Simmons was in, was the, it was the worst constructed room. Like It was like really like when they were in the APA. That's what they had to have gotten that from this. When they were in the APA and they only had the door. Yeah. That's exactly how the locker room was. The the, the room that Paul paid money in. That, that was it was it. You could easily walk around, but no nobody did. And I, like I think the, that was a respect thing in the wrestling <laughs> business. It's like it's like the makeshift toll booth on blazing saddles. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's gotta go back and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> I think it's. I think that Paul tried to make it like a respect thing, yeah. Like you don't just barge into the office, whatever, when we're doing business. But we have windows, or no, we don't. We don't even have any walls. You just have a door. I can walk around from any side and see that you're just sitting there with somebody else at a table, handing them money. So do I get my money now, or do I got to stand in line in this door frame? That's exactly how it was, and, and and I'll argue with anybody who who um who who remembers it any differently. After this se- segment, we get uh, Joey running down the card coming up on April the eighth, which, like Aaron noted, is on Peacock. So we will either do that as a podcast or as a bonus episode. We'll figure that out later. That was pretty uh, good. Is, Joey did a good job of that. Yes, uh, you're going to see the Rottens in a hair versus hair match at the upcoming show. Shane Douglas, that is. Shane Douglas against the Sandman. I mean, look at it. Look at <laughs> Axel with his dumb little mohawk or whatever he's doing, <laughs> his little bouffant hawk. And then you got Ian bouffant with his little hawk. <laughs> you got Ian with his little his little Dory Funk thing. It's it's a little more than lemon. But uh yeah, wh- who's losing? <laughs> they both could benefit from this. I was about to say the loser. The loser has to keep his hair. Yeah, that that's more of a rib than starting over. Yeah. The loser has to grow a beard match. Well, actually, ain't doing that. Well, no, the he, ain't, I, only thing actually is growing now is vegetables. <laughs> Tomatoes, peppers, <laughs> peaches, peaches. But another reason I showed you guys that that fucking those shows coming up or on the network is because I got ahead of myself and looked at some of the other episodes, and it's those shows. That's the only reason. Yeah, I was looking at that too. We're probably going to be skipping some weekly episodes of the show by doing the big show, which is fine. Whatever. It's we're getting. Uh, Getting A to Z, how we get there. Hostile City Showdown or whatever, but anyway. I don't know. What what do you say? We're not going to watch the weekly bad TV? We're going to jump right to the um, the, the, the live premium bad TV? Yes, sir. (laughs) Oh. Do we vote on this, or is that a good idea? 
or do, have you seen the TVs? But well, what Aaron's saying is, what Aaron's saying is like example. This show that's on April the eighth, the three way dance show. After that show's over, there's like two weeks of the ECW weekly TV that is that is just those matches from that show. I mean, we could we could like zip through them and, and see if there's any extra. Oh no, no, never mind. No need, no, no need, Nate. Because now, because now, basically, what you're saying is it's the way it's been. It's just going to be recap TV. Yes. All right. That's <laughs> pretty fine. Much. I, that's, I just needed I just need you to break it down like that to where we're, if we're going to be doing the same thing after every big show, you know, that's cool. I, I'm cool with that. The, All you got to uh, do is oh. tell me what they are and then when we're going to do them. Also coming up on April the 8th, Shane Douglas defends against the Sandman, the three-way tag team match for the tag team titles, and Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk. And then we get a fan. Fantastic! I know I say it every week because you're not going to get a bad one. Promo from Terry Funk. I just have to say, line of the promo, Cactus Jack, you're flatulating family. <laughs> your fat ass, fat farting family. <laughs> your flatulating place. family. I love. It. I yeah. mean, the whole thing's great. You know, and you know, I'm going to kill you. No, first I'm going to kill you. No, then I'm for no. First I'm going to torture you. Then I'm going to no. Then I'm going to castrate you. Then I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Then I'm gonna. T- it's it's what a fucking. He was and gonna he said, drag him around said, behind a '55 Buick. And he said, <laughs> he said, Mick Foley, if my face looked like you, I'd, I, I'd have it circumcised. I have it circumcised. Like, I love all incarnations of Terry Funk, but I love crazy ass. And this promo was fucking <laughs> Memphis Terry Funk. Pouring like motor oil on his head, you know what I mean? Like, like this. But that was, was Florida. It, right, sorry, I misspoke. But th- th- like this was this was crazy ass heel Terry Funk. Oh, dude, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, not not unbelievable. It was funk believable <laughs> because you. Uh, well, I really just made it up, so I don't. We, we can sleep on it, Jess. <laughs> Come on, cactus Jess, sleep on it and wake up and go. Funk believable was actually pretty it's cool. It's funk believable. Oh, see, do you hear that? Do you hear what cactus Jess said? I got friends that encourage me. That's my problem. It's funk believable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, see, that's why this show is so widely listened to <laughs> all over the tri state area. <laughs> yeah. You know, our biggest problem is we went past Chicago. We we tried, we tried to go national. If we would have just stayed this side, <laughs> we could have been something, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, but the Foley the Foley promo was really good. Um, it it was really it was really good, and that was definitely one of them promos that um that that Mick would have would have cut probably two three of them in in the dressing room. Or, you know that night. Or, you know, or maybe he was just tired and that was just the one, you know, because I, yeah, I told you stories about how he would he would sit there for an hour and just talk. <laughs> and, and it wasn't a promo. You wouldn't think it's a promo. You would think he was just talking to you. But the camera was on. him. But yeah, them promos were exceptional. Funk was good. Oh, my goodness. Foley was good. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a good build up, and and anybody who's already currently watching the product is not going to be um, disappointed, you know, or not going to expect anything less than this. They're going to be if you're a fan like we are, and like you know by then. Well, I worked there. I'm sorry, never mind. 
couple years earlier, if I was a, when I was a fan going there or whatever, I'd have been like, dude, I can't wait to see this. You know, this is like bucket list stuff. Yeah, and you talk about <clears throat> it's it's the it's the talk them into the building, and I mean, like you said, Chad, at this point with the ECW arena crowd, you don't need to talk them into the building; they're already going to show up. But now they get a taste of what they're going to get. That's really good. I mean, there's, yep. there's nothing there's nothing negative at all you can say. Aaron, did you have any notes on Foley's promo? Well, I like the fact that um, um, he said that Terry Funk called me a charlatan, and he's like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm offended. Like I thought that was a great line. He's like, I'm not even from Charlotte. Like, what does that mean? And what I like about Foley's um, taking this feud is that he's still saying that he respects Terry Funk and he still considers Terry Funk his hero, but now he's attacking him and his family. So he's like, I respect everything about you, but I don't like what you're doing to me now and saying about me now. So I have to take you. Well, uh, you know, and it, but I mean, I think we all, we doesn't, oh my God, how do I say this? At the end of it, doesn't it work out between Cactus and Foley? Yeah. Like, you know, so it, it's kind of like the whole, I have to beat your ass to like love your ass kind of thing. Right. Like, like yeah. I gotta beat, I gotta beat the sense in you. Like, I love you, but I gotta, you know, I gotta whip your ass kind of it's thing. like it's like the, it's like that thing it's like that scene in beyond the mat where they're they're interviewing terry funk and mick foley together and terry says it's kind of funny because the more we beat each other up the more money we make together the better friends we become uh, yeah that's right i guess yeah and it, it, it makes total sense to me like so, i like yeah. terry, i like terry funk's aspect of it of saying that that Cactus is trying to say that he's trying to replace him, and that's what Funk feels. And then Cactus's whole aspect of it is, is I respect you, but you don't respect me, so I'm going to beat the respect into you. Well, because it's it's the um I'm taking you under my wing, put my my arm around you, going come here, little buddy, you know. And it's Terry Funk saying you're not ready yet, you're not ready yet, and 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 Foley going yeah, yeah, that's that's enough of that. You know what I mean? Uh, that'll be enough of that. <laughs> you don't think I can't manage a target with Nick and Matt? I'll prove you wrong. Well, after these fantastic promos by Funk and Foley, we get uh, we get the extreme encyclopedia thing that we've already seen before about Two Cold Scorpio, and then it is the ECW TV title match: Dean Malenko versus Two Cold Scorpio. And of course, it's good. Uh, they they it, it's kind of slow for these guys just because they're playing they're playing up the uh, the fact that Malenko's working over the injured leg of Too Cold, but and still the fact that they and, and the, also the fact that they've already worked and they 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 still had the respect for each other. There's not an angle yet, right? Right. They oh they had the last match. It was a clean it was a clean match, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not fucking this up, right? It was a it was a clean match. And this was going to be another clean match, so they're going to go out there and do the respect thing. And yeah, and it was a it was a great match. Malenko's really good at that shit, man. Like that clean shit. Because even when he looks like he cheats, he doesn't. Right. He throws like them 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 weird like like forearm like elbow shiver kind of things, and and his boots are always the flat of the boot. You always hear like Gorilla Monsoon back in the day with the flat the. The bottom of the boot, you know, the flat of the and boot. It, 
and it, and it's a good it's a great aspect it's kind of a great aspect of his wrestling personality that he is a like you said he's a scientific wrestler who's trying to have a fair match maybe the the psychology is he doesn't even realize how vicious you know yeah because he does that, that deal where he stomps on the guy's arm and shit a couple times where he you know hits the holds the rope mm-hmm. while he does it and like that's kind of vicious you know, who was you know? I'd rather work a guy like Greg Valentine going out there knowing that he, he's going to work on my leg. He's going to work on my left leg. I, mean, I, I don't want to work a Dean Malenko when I go out there and go. He's going to work on my left leg, my right elbow. He's somehow going to get me in a cavat and, and wrench my neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's gonna he's gonna loosen a bicuspid. He's gonna he's I, gonna tie, he's gonna tie my shoelaces together, and I'll never even know he did it. You know, in the match, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, he's gonna do like I don't want to. I'd rather be. I'd rather be concerned about nine one one, Greg Valentine, and Jim Duggan. <laughs> have to go out there and worry about the, the positioning. Uh, like wrestling, Dean Malenko is like doing the Kama Sutra. Like you never know what kind of position you're gonna be in. Not that I recommend this, <laughs> but no, like what you were saying, Nate. Like with. Dean and and Scorpio having these matches, it's like they're not just telling a story in the one match. They're telling us they knew they were going to have multiple matches, so they're like telling a story through them. Like what Chad was saying that like through the course of their matches, Malenko starts gaining respect for Scorpio and is trying to be more. Um, like at first, probably didn't take him serious. And this match, he's taking him a little more serious, and and like he's building a um, professional respect for the guy. Does that make sense? But he also, in the course of the match, sees a vulnerability in Scorpio with the leg, and does not have any problem taking advantage of it. You know, yeah, so there's, there's that vicious. Yeah, there's that vicious side we're talking about. You no, know? it's not. It's the pro wrestling side of it. Wait, I mean, are you there to make money or are you there to make friends? Why, you know, what am I going to do? Am, am I going to Bruno you every every time you get caught, you know, you get hurt? I'm going to hold the ropes over for you. You know, and I mean, that's the definition of insanity. It's Bruno and Larry Zabisco. You're going <laughs> to keep holding the ropes over for him. And, and expect a different outcome. But now he's going to fucking jump you. Good job, Spudhead. <laughs> Get out of here, Jabroni. Holy mackerel. Yeah, but um, the Scorp thing, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just a big I'm just a big fan of Scorpio and Malenko's work, like, all together. Just, you know, yeah. I could watch them. I, I just like how they do, like, transitions. Like, you know, how sometimes Malenko just kind of ends up with the leg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Scorpio's doing this like big spot or something. And then all of a sudden they roll over and flip around and then there's Malenko, you know, he's got, you know, he's got them all wrapped up in the clover leaf or some shit. Like how the fuck did you book that? How did I get here? Yeah. That's cool as shit to me, man. It's and like, I even think Cactus Jess liked it. It's a, um, you know, like when you think about guys that have like a clash, uh, clash of styles or whatever, but their styles meshed with. It's actually, in my opinion, Aaron, I don't think it is a clash of styles. Malenko is a fucking catcher. Scorpio is a diver. You know, that's the, and the, and, and the other problem is, is that Scorpio was so good at, at, um, at, at like the, at the basics 
that he can just switch it up and just go, okay, I can work your style. You know, if you want me to run the ropes and you're going to tie me all up. But the problem is, Scorpio's a big dude, man. Yeah, yeah. Malenko is not doing the shit to him that he'd be doing to me. Well, that's what I was trying to say was, like, usually some, like, not usually, but sometimes you get, like, two dudes that have different styles and it doesn't mesh. But these guys' styles worked. Even, yeah, it was even great, man. It's always great. Completely different. Like, it's like these two dudes were, like, peas and carrots, you know? Like, they were made to fucking work together. I'm not sure where I'm not sure where Scorpio was with with his you know life at this point, but you could have easily have done the Malenko Scorpio classic. In, in my opinion, I think so easily. You could have easily have done that. You know, Scorpio is a perfect guy. Benoit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Austin, well, wait, maybe maybe Steve. I was a little bug. I was a little biased on myself, though. Me and Malenko three times. <laughs> it's all one match, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just submits me, and the referee counts to nine. <laughs> that's our trilogy. What a trilogy! One and done. Yeah, that's all me. Yeah, where are we at? Taz out yet? Yes, we. That's what I was going to say. It looks like Dean Malenko is going to win this match, but Taz shows up in street clothes. And dressed like an R&B 90s. Yeah, I was going to say, he's dressed up like mint condition. Boys to men. (laughs) Mint condition? What is that? I tried to find the most obscure early 90s R&B group that I could find, and I came up with a show. Oh, oh, come on, Cactus (laughs) Jess. This is right up your alley. The most obscure 90s boy band? He said, who would you say? I said, mint, mint. Mint condition. She said shy. They had they a half a shy? hit. Yeah, they huh? had a half a hit. They didn't even have they a half They had a half a hit. It was half of the road. It wasn't all the way to the end of the road. It was just half to the road. <laughs> Although we've stalled at the half, the half of the road. <laughs> oh, now you're just killing time. <laughs> now you're just waiting for Rocco Rock to come out. Uh, all right. So mint condition, Taz. Boys to possibly men. Let's not go back to Bob Sweetan. Um, Boys to friends. (laughs) Boys to friends. (laughs) Taz suplexes Dean Malenko after standing there awkwardly for a minute. But anyway, they have a confrontation. Then uh, Taz has a suplex on Malenko, which gives Scorpio the opportunity to win the title match and wins. But this was the new Taz. You're seeing seeing that. You're seeing the I shedding you of jumped the, all over that. Oh, yeah, all you're, over seeing, that Nate. You're, you're seeing the shedding of the fur <laughs> of uh, of Tasmaniac, and we are moving into just the shoot fighter fire hydrant Taz. It's March. You don't think he's walking around with that um, that that, that uh, Tasmanian butcher outfit on with the bare feet <laughs> in, in Philadelphia? <laughs> His boots with the fur. No, he was barefooted. He's walking around the ECW parking lot barefooted. Who, who, who the hell does that? Somebody who wants to die. I was going to say, you're going to step on a hypodermic needle. He looked at his feet. He lifted his feet and he goes, survive if I let you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Taz, man. That's the, um, so that that means that the, the show that I worked Taz at when he became the new Taz. Oh, no, no there's, there's one from the arena coming up. Where it's when uh, I told um, Cactus Jess 
that it was the one where I I wanted to ke- I kept calling Taz Tasmaniac, and Paul <laughs> said, um, "That's not I, his name anymore." <laughs> yeah, that remember that angle? Yep. Or have we not seen it yet? We haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I I remember I remember it in my in my brain. Yeah, that was that's coming up. That's got to be pretty soon then. Um, the overall, I thought this match was good. The segment was good. It did everything it needed to do. Um, and it was probably smart to get the the TV title off of of Malenko, seeing as him and uh, Benoit are the tag champions, and get the belt on a on a babyface. Yeah, yeah and it's also. The- down the road here, Polly probably knows he's going to have to dissolve the triple threat because it's already in the air that Shane's probably right. Yeah, I mean, all point, and then not not even to mention, don't forget about Malenko, Benoit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not too far away from them, like even. Yeah, right. No, yeah, you're right. Not too far. This is this is March. Uh, Benoit shows up on Nitro in I think September. So this is this is definitely Paul seeing what this is Paul seeing what he has in the future, like looking at his little calendar, going, "Shit, I only got these, you know, goofs for for this much time. I got to start making new guys, you know." Right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he knows he hasn't for that long, which is which is reputable to his company, right? It's um, it means a lot for ECW that they're still there, even though. Now, whatever internet or scuttlebutt's going out there is that Darl, even Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero, Austin. No, not Chad, but they're all, they're they're all leaving. They're going to the WWE or WCW. I mean, so yeah, it's an interesting time. The show closes with the public enemy, and they are they're dressed up like baby dolls. I thought Rocker Rock like Tiny Tim, the tip to to the tulips guy. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's a fat blonde chick they're dressing up like it's a baby doll." You think? You think so? Or is it Peaches? Peaches doesn't have big shoulders like baby. Doll. How do you know? <laughs> the only time you see Peaches in the backyard. Well, she's like skinny and kind of massipated. Like she looks like a meth head. Fucking <laughs> baby doll looks like she's she eats steak, and that's what I thought the fucking public enemy looked like. I'm like, oh, they're dressed up like baby doll, and they have balloons. No, I, I, I literally, I literally just think it was whatever outfits pocketed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, essentially, essentially, what they're doing at this point is mocking WCW because this is when Ric Flair showed up I, when he was supposedly know. retired. I know what your joke was, Aaron, but yeah, they're they're. They're, uh Ric Flair was supposedly t- retired in WCW, but he showed up dressed as a woman, with because you know it, it was it was not Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff just had to humiliate Ric Flair as much as they possibly. They made this, fun. Of, they made fun of uncensored because uncensored had or WCW had those like fake concession stands and like the hardcore. Their WCW is considered hardcore stuff with like the fake. Why did WCW do that shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, can you just take a look for a second at the booking committee of them people? They had fucking Robert, they had Robert Fuller, they had like Bill Dundee, they had Kevin Sullivan, you know, who else did they have? A couple other bones. But you only need them three. And Gilbert probably was somewhere around, and I don't know, he was done. Uh, a little bit done. Yeah, he's, and, um, he's a little bit done. Yeah, he was a, like, he's well done. 
Yep. Overcooked. And he's not even like well, the, tag team. He's well done. Like the pro- the problem just, the problem at WCW at this time was that they were essentially Kevin Sullivan was the leader of the booking committee, and everything he was doing was essentially just to keep Hulk Hogan happy. So they had turned WCW essentially into whatever Hogan wanted it to be, and it was terrible. Well, it trickled down to ECW. That's what I, the point I was trying to make. They couldn't like they couldn't even get the rub anymore from Bobby Eaton, you know, Art right. Anderson. Any and you because now at this point the only person you're going to want to get is Bischoff Hogan, you know, and God forbid Flair kind of thing. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is when now now ECW is kind of fucked. We got we got to like figure out you know what to do. And I don't know where we're at because I, I I'm I'm not in the loop for all like what ECW was doing on the side kind of stuff. But so I really don't have any idea where we're at. I mean, yeah, coming the, pub- up. the public enemy is uh, cutting the silly promo. Um, they beat each other with bags of chips. Like Aaron said, to kind of make mockery of WCW having their concession stand deal. And then they get serious and cut a promo on the triple threat tag team match with Benoit Malenko and um, uh, Taz and Sabu coming up. So that's how we end the show with the public enemy. It that was the only notes I had on it, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it's the it's it's the most important seed of um of possibly ECW's um of the company right so far in the last two years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're it's like I say all the time. They are the featured act of ECW. No matter who's the champion, no matter who's you know who else is around, whether it's Douglas Sabu, whatever, they're the guys. We haven't that- had somebody. We haven't somebody threatened that wall besides Sabu, but Sabu came back. Well, we haven't had any other major acts from the company threaten mm-hmm. to leave or have right. any or have any shit talking about them kind of leaving. So, Public Enemy talking shit about going to WCW is um. You know, it's a that's a big deal, and not even because I don't even give a fuck about them. I just think it's a big deal to ECW. You and know, it like, is, a, it is. They're, they've been the since they came to the promotion. You can see they're the only they're the only act that you see on TV every single week. They had the worst matches. That consistently that, had that, the worst that, matches. That, that too, <laughs> right? I mean, Aaron, come on, you can't sit there and tell me there's a bunch of Paul. You got your matches you like. I've never seen a public enemy match I liked. Because <laughs> like, because of the fast forward button, or you got to go to the bathroom. Well, both. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, I have to get a beer button. I got to pay a bill button. I got to drive my wife to the shropist. I got I got bacterial meningitis. Um, that's all the reasons why you've never seen a public enemy match. Yeah, I fucking hate the public. And or filming neighbor wars. I can see you being on neighbor wars. When I watch them in their little fucking blonde wigs, I'm like, what the fuck are they even talking about? And it took me like <laughs> rewinding the promo to figure out what the fuck they were talking about. Like, oh, they're talking about uncensored. At first I thought, oh, they're dressed up like baby doll. I'm like, oh, okay. They're not dressed up like baby doll. And then I had to rewind it. I'm like, oh, now they're talking about Ric Flair. And then I had to rewind it at whatever again and realize they're talking about the fucking Precious? You're fucking stupid. Public enemy (laughs) is stupid. I'm stupid? No, the public enemy. Oh, I thought you were talking about Precious. Sunshine. 
Sunshine was hot. She could have been. She's all right. Precious dude. was like she, Precious understood the wrestling business. Sunshine was dude. Precious, um, no, no, no. Precious, got, yeah, Sunshine, dude. I bet you there's a couple of good pictures out there. Oh yeah, uh, you know, because I mean, because like she was hard to photograph, much like Nancy was. Nancy had bad skin, so she she photographed on at angles because she had used to have acne. And Sunshine, I I've never seen a bad picture of her. And there's a lot of pictures of her where I don't think she's even wearing makeup. <laughs> and I look Sunshine at Sunshine looks like a chick that could beat your dick into the dirt. Like she looks fucking hot. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, she she came out like like in my in my women of wrestling kind of voting thing after years of watching like she came from the from you know precious you know precious was never out she never made it out of the gate they had a shooter in, in my horse race of uh of these broads but uh sunshine she was out there she was tracing she was chasing uh missy high at circa 1986 she was grabbing at her ankles <laughs> and you know you know all that good shit and then like two two lanes behind her was the dirty white girl which was sad. We we couldn't find anybody else to fill that gap between two lanes of a of a of a hot bitch valet race, and then you got fucking <laughs> the dirty white girl. Uh, Sunshine looks like she know she she looked like she knew what she was doing. I'd be like, yeah, Sunshine. <laughs> well, she got. Oh, yeah. it, I mean, isn't a lot of the story is that she got a lot of the boys all, and she knew a lot of the stuff like. You know, she was connected to a lot of the boys. She had connections and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Connected, yes. Connected. <laughs> <laughs> she was docked. She she was logistically. <laughs> um, she was logistically involved. Well, overall, I thought other than the public enemy crap at the end, <laughs> this was a really good episode of the show. Well, it, it was definitely a taken seriously episode of the show. You know, I you mean, know? It, it had it had a great main event. Uh, it had a great Ron, open. Yeah, Ron Simmons and Hack was good, and then in the middle you had Foley and 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 uh, and Funk with their promos. I can't, other than like I said, other than the crap at the end, I can't find any negative about the show. Really, Dude, and the worst part is, even at the crap at the end, you 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 still the crap at the end doesn't include the Malenko Scorpio match. The crap mm-hmm. at the end is the crap at the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's only like it's only like 45 seconds. So we're yeah, gonna that's a whole other slice white of the part of the turd. That's what public yeah. enemy is. They're the dry part of a fucking turd. It's the crust. They're the crust yeah. of a pizza. You know, yeah. Some people like it. Me, I don't fucking get that far. That's yeah. that's I want more pizza. Public enemy yeah, is good. the white part of the turd that you throw in the trash. There's a white part of a turd? Yeah, when it dries up. Where, where 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 are you getting this from? Where are you where, where are you finding white turds? You've never seen a dried turd? I don't think so. <laughs> I you I know well first off I poop in the water. Um second off, I fly like where would I feel white like turd? out in the sun. What am I going to the future in the past? What am I've I never, a have, time you never traveler? Seen, have you never seen a turd in the sun? Well, I mean I call him Chris, but that's a that's a different story. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I've seen a turd in the sun. It was is it white too? Yeah, it gets like a white. Well, why don't you call it a barbecue people. pit with the charcoals? If, if that's, is that what it turns into? The barbecue pit? Yeah, look, like a turd that's been sat out for too long. 
I don't, well, I don't know looks, about turds. I don't handle turds. It looks, turds like a char, looks like a burnt charcoal. It's okay. flaky and it's white. I, I assume you wear gloves when you handle your turds. It's not my turds. I say oh, my turds. turds you so you're a turd handler. Don't say what, that. What, what's going on with you? This is, why, this is why Bob Sweetan is the most hated man in professional wrestling. Well, I think Aaron's looking to join his crew. Oh, no. Him and Eric Embry and Bob Sweetan in the van. Oh, oh, I can see. I can. No, I like the way this thing. I'd, yeah, jump, yeah. Out, I'd jump out the hatch if I was in the fucking thing with Eric Embry and Bob <laughs> and like, I was <laughs> promised free candy. You guys, you guys are going looking for Jeff Farmer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, to each their own, pal. I mean, as long as we have the same kind of opinion on wrestling, you, what else? What else you do with your life is your business. But you've never seen a dried turd. I don't fucking know. I mean, I couldn't pick one out of a lineup, I don't think. I mean, if we had walked across one, uh, you know what I mean, stepped over one. or But I know if I stepped over, it was wet. But I don't know. Where am I going to see a dry? Is there a dry turn museum? Jim Cornette's. You guys talk about Jim Cornette doing put a hat on a hat, right? No, we talk about that, don't we? Yeah, but Jim Cornette's tried, said, like, picking the turd up from the dry end. That's what he's saying. Like fucking white and flaky. Dude, 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 he's not at all. What the fuck are you talking about? That's a fucking oxymoron. I feel attacked. He said white and Dude, that's an oxymoron. There is no dry end of a turd. That's what he's saying. There is no dry end of a turd. There is when it's white and flaky. Down the sun. But that's not the joke. I know, but I'm saying... Well, no, you don't know. Because you're arguing with me over a white turds. Or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I mean, what, 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 what do you want from me? What are, you, what are you looking for? What kind of answers? Nothing. I'm just saying... No? There's a white, flaky part of a turd when it's out. I don't think there is. <laughs> I just don't think there is. It's a turd. And then it, it's all just not a turd. What is your <laughs> obsession? Maybe you're right. How about this? Maybe you're right. Because I'm beginning to think this conversation is too weird for me to have any knowledge about to begin with. So maybe you're correct with your white turd theory. <laughs> One turd makes you larger. One <laughs> turd makes you smaller. Yeah. It, is, it is time to end this show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for joining us on Reliving the Extreme, the turd debacle. Chad, turd. Chad, any parting words for our listeners other than something about yeah, Can we make the name of the show the Turd Tobacco? <laughs> I, nothing. I got nothing else to say. At least a half of you two goofs. You can take your hairs and shove it. Aaron? Turd turn white when they're in the sun. And that, as they say, is that for another edition of Reliving the Extreme. We hope you have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week for more of the show as we continue reliving the extreme next week will be march 28 1995 and we will see you then great show guys